Hello, everyone. Welcome to Just Jana, a podcast where each month I'll speak to a variety of industry leaders to bring you education, trends, and relevant topics in franchising. I'm your host, Jana Bailey, CEO of FranNet. Welcome, everyone, to the new edition of Just Jana. I am so excited today to have as my guest a dear friend, Keith Garrison. And I'm going to ask Keith some really hard questions, so we'll see how he does. So, Keith, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, For those that may not know you, they obviously haven't been in the industry very long, but if you'll just give a little bit about your background and your title now and what you did prior to joining Fran Connect. Well, thank you. And thank you for allowing me to participate in today's show, Jenna. Uh, well, I am Keith Gerson. My title here at Fran Connect is president of franchise operations. This is a role that I've held for the, the past 10 years, but I am what you might uh, call a recovering franchisor. Uh, because preceding that, I had 39 years in the uh, the franchise uh, industry, and I have uh, served executive roles uh, that were all related basically to uh, expansion, to profitability, its development, its operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent the uh, the first um, 20 years on the uh, the QSR side. Spent the the balance of the year working with um, both uh, business franchise concepts and in the other uh, commercial and residential. Uh, category. So uh, I've done a little bit of this and that, but uh, I think that some of the most uh, invaluable lessons that I've learned have been uh, here at Frank Connect is I've had an opportunity to look over 900 different franchise brands and 300,000 plus franchisees using it to really make a, a continuous study of best practices. And we all love hearing your reports and your updates on the sales that are happening in the industry and where they're coming from and close ratios. That is always something I look forward to. Um, so in your role at Fran Connect, what would you say some of the, the high points have been over this 10 years in this role, Keith? Well, first and foremost is just the, we, we, we work in, I think, the greatest of industries that there are. Uh, Some may dispute the fact that uh, franchising is an industry, but we are a very, very close group. Mm. People are so very generous and they are willing to share their uh, insights, their their fears, their pain points, uh, and their successes as well. So that's uh, one of the reasons that I've been uh, so successful at being able to put together a lot of thought leadership because of the other fact that I get to work with so many uh, fantastic uh, franchisors. So there's really no other uh, business that I'd rather be in than in the other uh, franchising business. Um, we make a veil of data, which is aggregated and anonymized, as you mentioned, you know, we, mm-hmm. uh, we're very well known for the, uh, the franchise sales index report, but you know, I'm working on right now a, a project, which will be the uh, franchise operations index report. And so I've been looking at uh, some of the very uh, powerful and interesting uh, trends that are going on there. Um, but I think that, you know, at the, uh, the end of the day, I, I will not be ashamed to, to say that I think that uh, 
we're, we're one of the greatest providers of uh, technology and franchising. But I think, you know, technology makes good franchisors, great franchisors. But at the end of the day, I think that what really, really makes a lot of difference is when people also have the accompanying thought leadership that goes along with that. Yes. So they can ultimately understand the why that uh, it's so important to have defined systems and processes and, you know, to uh, spend the, the time in developing people, not only to how to effectively use technology, but to, in many, many ways, effectively run their businesses. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we get to participate at that level. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I remember when I joined FriendNet and started asking for data and people looked at me like I had two heads and I, I just couldn't <laughs> believe we weren't tracking a lot of those things. Of course, it was 16 years ago, but still, you know, I'm a, I'm a data person and the more information I can get, the better decisions I can make. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. You know, otherwise we're kind of flying blind. So, it's, a, it's great to have those insights and it's great to be able to be able to benchmark yourself against other franchise systems to understand, uh, again, whether or not you have room for improvement. And let's face it, no matter how successful you are, there's always room for improvement. Isn't that true? And as quick as things keep changing, you know, we need to keep up with the pulse of what's going on out around us, not just internally. So That's we right. appreciate you. So Keith, you know, as a seasoned industry professional, what do you think? I mean, I'm having people ask me this. What do you think the rest of 2022 is going to look like for franchise development? You know, if you were to go back, you'd find that there are so many businesses that were created in the, the midst of uh, recessions. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult times have created a lot of opportunities. And I think that for those that are willing to invest and uh, stand uh, stand tall. I think that they will continue to thrive because I think inevitably, as we look over the the balance of the year, there's a, a lot of reason for concern and caution. Uh, that, but but as I saw, for example, when we went into the the pandemic, uh, so many franchisors just made an assumption that it would be tone deaf to continue mm -hmm. to do franchise sales and development. But those that did absolutely thrived during those uh, days. And that's what I think is going to happen as we uh, we look forward over the balance of the year. Now, I'll say that all of the other trends indicate that there is a slowdown in leads that are coming in on the other franchise development front. Uh, and, and that others are saying that it is uh, creating an elongation of the sales process. But we saw, for example, in our 2022 franchise sales index report, that even though in the year 2021, there was a significant downturn in leads, and I'm saying a 22% decline, we actually saw a 12% increase in total franchise sales. So people are always complaining that a lot of the leads they get just, uh, they don't perceive as quality leads. Believe me, those that are uh, taking the, the time either organically or through other uh, means to, uh, to come to you, are, uh, have a greater likelihood of converting than, uh, than many times we've seen in the past. Yes, uh, and, you know, that's what we try to tell people all the time. It's quality over quantity. You know, yes. we, can, we can go get leads. They just may not be worth the time and effort to weed through them. So it's about the, the quality of the leads that we're getting. And, and they have been of a higher, like you said, a much higher quality what we've seen. Yes, and, and I'll take this moment to uh, to praise uh, your team and the work that uh, FranNet does because 
When we look at conversion rates, uh, FranNet converts uh, the highest of any paid media source of any uh, organization or any channel that we're looking at. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. Well, obviously we're proud of that. We wish there were more leads to convert sometimes, but we do a really good job with the leads that, that we bring in and take through our process. So share your thoughts on this recession that is getting so much media and, and talk around our industry. Um, you and I have been through this cycle a time or two. It's not our first recession, but if a recession does materialize and people actually label it, what do you see as its impact on franchising? You kind of touched on that before, but just, just like to get it from somebody who's been through it. What do these younger people that are new in franchise development, what should they expect? Well, I believe that uh, many franchisors are going to be having to initiate price increases for one thing. You know, there's a lot more that is being done because of the result of everything that we've been through. Um, I was uh, briefly uh, sharing with you, my friend uh, Mary Thompson saying it's not the, uh, you know, the, the new, it's the next. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we look at uh, how things are transpiring. Um, so we've never, I have never been quite through anything like what we're experiencing today. And uh, some may accuse me of having uh, been around in franchising going back to the Great Depression. That may or may not be true. <laughs> but, uh, but in uh, 49 years, I've certainly seen lots of uh, ebbs and flows. But I, I think that what we're going to see is that um, and I happen to be of the, the mindset that it's probably inevitable that we're going to, uh, to, to get there. Recessions by their uh, very nature tend to be uh, cyclical uh, and uh, will historically run about uh, a total of three quarters. So uh, it's not forever, but I think that uh, there is plenty of money available on the uh, sidelines I know mm -hmm. private equity is very much uh, interested in continuing, and it's probably a great opportunity because I think so many people are going to be tightening their belts so much that they may be cutting off their uh, circulation. <laughs> but I think the private <laughs> private equity is uh, standing by and has the uh, the the dollars to be able to uh, to invest on this. I think, as we said, we're going to see uh, less leads and longer uh, sales durations. But I think that uh, it's an important message for the uh, audience to uh, to recognize when uh, everybody's zigging, that's the time to zag. Exactly. So, so as people are cutting back and they're making those decisions that, you know, there's only uh, so much we can do in terms of uh, pushing costs. There's only uh, so much we can do in terms of bringing in technology, robotics, et cetera, to, uh, to lessen the, uh, the need and the reliance upon labor. Um, I think that we are going to uh, to find, though, that uh, people are going to probably, again, cut back on their spend, and that's a great time to be able to expand in, uh, in franchising. Uh, I would caution, please don't uh, fall into a stinking thinking and negativity. Uh, these things, you know, it's like when I think back to the, uh, the recession that we had back in 08, Everybody was talking about uh, 401ks becoming uh, 201ks, but <laughs> but if if you look at it, I mean that money uh, came back and it came it back did. in its entirety and then some. So uh, I think that again we can't just uh, come into this uh, place where it's all doom and gloom. It's not. Uh, this is a time that a lot of people are reassessing their lives. 
Uh, they're reassessing their uh, careers. We know that, and we've been talking about the, uh, the, the great resignation, but I think that there is a lot of people right now that would resign themselves to uh, being the, uh, the, the bosses of their own destiny, if you will. And franchising is proving itself time and time again to uh, outperform those that are in the, uh, the independent on their own realms. Uh, so I remain optimistic even uh, during uh, tough times. Now, there certainly are, Jenna, there are certainly uh, industries that will fare better. I know yes. that uh, for many, many years, we've used terms like um, recession proof. Some might say there's no such thing, but re re recession um, resistant uh, might be a, yeah. a, a better phraseology there. But the, the fact is, is there's a number of industries that um, are absolutely going to thrive at this time. Commercial mm -hmm. residential seems to be uh, you know, more uh, resilient in that front. QSR, people have to eat, and right. so many uh, industries uh, are and do. But let's not forget, even when we went into the, the pandemic, that a lot of people, uh, it created an uh, innovation storm where they started yeah. to think about where and what they can be doing that they haven't done before. So even those that found themselves with limited capacities, you know, all of a sudden, you know, had new online business, like in the education realm, right. those that had never done that before. So. So, yeah, I think a recession is inevitable, but uh, I think we're going to do fine in the long run. Well, you know, I joined FranNet in 2006, so just prior to the recession. And our sales went up because, as, yeah. as you said, you know, people found themselves out of work. Uh, a lot of companies were tightening their belt and laying people off. Mm -hmm. And that drove a lot of people into exploring other alternatives and franchising obviously was one of them. So um, we remain optimistic in terms of how the sales will perform. Now, the company with the consumer, on the other hand, yes, some are going to have home runs and some are going to be a little more uh, negatively impacted. But franchise development as a whole tends to do much, much better during that recession type atmosphere so well I, again i i agree with you and uh that's why i think that it's just so important for people to uh to not conclude this is just going to be bad for business however um uh, i'm going to uh not tell this correctly but somebody used the other uh, phrase that you know you could tell who's not wearing a bathing suit when the tide goes out <laughs> and uh and i think that uh, for so many even through the uh, the pandemic um, those that had already been prepared, who really, really doubled yes. down. In fact, one of the things I'm seeing with the operations index report is the fact that we are seeing um, a scaling uh, back on spans of control, whereas mm -hmm. it's been around 30 to 35 to one. Mm -hmm. It appears now that people are really concentrating on making sure that their franchisees are financially prepared and have the acumen and are doing the right things today mm -hmm. to be prepared for tomorrow. And in fact, there was a, a quote that was attributed to uh, Lance Armstrong when people still liked him, uh, that basically said, I, uh, I do today what others uh, won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. And I still think though, though that that's a, a true saw there for uh, all of us to recognize. So I companies agree. that are going to thrive are going to be the ones that have really, really doubled down right. on making sure that their franchisees are um, able to uh, drop more of their revenues to bottom line. 
those that have been using, you know, technologies, robotics, different tools mm -hmm. of the trade, those that went ahead, for example, and signed up with and put programs in place for delivery, you know, in the QSR fast casual segments and, uh, and on and on it uh, goes. I think that uh, most importantly, though, is uh, the, the phrase, the customer counts. I think that that's one of the most important metrics that we have to look at. But the only way you get that positive uh, count uh, is by making sure that the customer counts. Yes. You know, uh, and that you're putting uh, forth this. But I'm seeing, when I look at this operations index report, I'm seeing more and more people now that are starting to go back to not only the uh, the self-evaluations, but now they're going back to where they are doing virtual evaluations or field mm -hmm. audits, if in fact they're, uh, they're so inclined. Uh, and I see that when you take the score away, that uh, there's less of a perception gap, if you will, in terms mm -hmm. of what needs to be done versus looking at the the numbers and you know trying to manipulate the the outcome. So um, so I think that those types of tools for the trade are very very important to make sure that people are ready for that uh, rainy day. And of course, you know my background being banking. Um, another thing that people need to file away is cash is king. And yes. what we saw through the pandemic and what we will see through the recession is those that have that nest egg put back can weather the storms. If you're operating payroll to payroll, you could be in trouble if there is a slowdown in your segment. So for anyone thinking about going into franchising or business of any type, never, ever go in undercapitalized or without that cash cushion because you can't weather the cycles if you're not prepared with some kind I call it our war chest you know I yes. talk about the friend that war chest and how important that is and why I don't ever want it to get below certain levels that's my security blanket my you know my chest the war chest for the top tough times yeah I so agree with you you know um because of the uh, FTC rule and the guidelines that franchisors get when putting together their uh, franchise disclosure documents, mm -hmm. everybody is just pretty much uh, highlighting 90 days of necessity in terms of working capital. But the, uh, the truth is, and the Small Business Administration will bear this out, that the, uh, the primary reason for business failures is undercapitalization. Right. You know, and so now more than ever, I think that uh, franchisors really need to be paying very, very close attention to the profitability of their uh, franchisees yep. and really helping them in terms of uh, making sure that they've got uh, more than enough working capital and cash flow to be able to be prepared for that uh, proverbial rainy day. And don't bring in these marginal candidates that barely have enough cash to meet your minimum requirements. You need to be sure you're setting people up for success, not for failure, because it looks bad on your reports as well as being devastating to someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I'm talking about metrics like paying attention to customer counts and looking mm -hmm. what your traffic counts are, you know, uh, over prior year, uh, et cetera, mm -hmm. but in that, uh, that same regard, I think we have to really also be paying attention to metrics such as days to first dollar. Yes. You know, in many businesses, how long, you know, it takes, well, uh, it could be months and months, mm -hmm. you know, and if you only have somebody that's coming in with three months, four months, even six months of working capital, but it takes you four or five, six or more months to get that business up and operational, you're in trouble. Yeah. 
where you even yep. started. So, so I think that that's really an important, uh, you know, uh, a key indicator for tracking. Couldn't agree more. Well, Keith, I think you and I could go on for days. <laughs> and I am told we're supposed to keep these segments short and sweet. So we'll end on a sweet note here. For those that don't know you, share a little bit about your musical side and <laughs> the fact that you're still pretty active there, correct? I sure am. Yeah, I've been a, a professional museum. Uh, museum. <laughs> I'm old <laughs> enough to be in a museum. I've been a professional <laughs> musician uh, since I was 13 years of age. I've recorded, I've toured, I've played with some of the, uh, the best of the best uh, musicians. Uh, but when I met my uh, future wife, uh, and uh, she'd be embarrassed if I admitted how many years we've been married because that age is her. She says, you know, if I ever get uh, looking like an old woman when I'm performing on stage, please tell me it's time to retire. <laughs> but the fact is, is I tried to impress her with my musical pedigree, and she'd already opened up for the Rolling Stones and toured and been on every uh, TV show back in the day. So, yes, I'm still a uh, working musician. I'm in a, uh, a group called Chain Bridge Road with my uh, wife, Mary Lisa, and uh, with a sax player. And, uh, and we're playing quite a bit here in uh, Texas Hill Country. That's so, fantastic. That's fantastic. Enjoying ourselves. It keeps us young. Well, I was getting ready to say you hold down a very important position with Frank Connect and do this in your spare time. Nobody can say you're letting any moss grow on you. You're going to keep going and, and keep that old age stuff at bay. So Absolutely. Thank you, Jenna. Takes well, one Keith, to know one. <laughs> that, that's why somebody says retire. Why would I even think about that? I mean, it's what keeps me going. So Absolutely. Keith... Thanks so much. I know what a busy man you are, and I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you, Jan. It's been my pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Just Jana, and I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.